Welcome to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. With Halloween just around the corner, we've got a scary story for you today. Imagine harvest is moving along well, yields are awesome, the crop is dry and ready to go. And then something breaks. It's frustrating, but you should be back up and running in 24 hours. So you call the local dealership to source the part and fix it. What happens next would have been unheard of pre-pandemic, but is all too common today. The part you need is nowhere to be found in the entire country. And not only that, but there are no rental combines within a hundred mile radius. Your 250 bushel corn harvest is now at a standstill. Unfortunately, this scary story is not that far-fetched in today's day and age. The impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic have continued to ripple out and affect us in a variety of ways. And one of those impacts you've probably been hearing about or maybe even experienced yourself recently is the delay in the supply chain. I keep hearing if we don't start ordering our Christmas gifts now, they might not arrive a time or even be available. But this challenge is also affecting farmers during harvest and will likely continue into spring. So today we've got Dr. John Fulton. He's a professor in the Department of Agricultural and Biological Engineering at Ohio State University. And he's joining us to discuss this issue and help you be prepared to deal with it if it arises. So John, could you take a moment here and introduce yourself to our listeners? It's always a pleasure to be with you, Elizabeth and Amanda. So thanks for having me. Uh, But yeah, John Fulton and uh, primary responsibilities at Ohio State are conducting research extension in around precision ag topics. And so primarily background is in machinery, machinery automation at the farm level. And then, you know, using some of that data that comes off the machines to translate into some information that farmers can can find as usable uh, in decisions and, and making adjustments within the farm operation. How real is the concern for agriculture? <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's become a real, real issue, Amanda. We're here in midstream of our harvest uh, for the year. You know, getting parts. Uh, you, you told your scary story, but that's that's a real thing. I mean, getting parts that that stem from you know augers possibly to to hoses and anything that seems like made from rubber tires are, are becoming a a limit uh, to get access to, uh, but uh, keeping, you know, the machine running and having parts uh, is, and that parts accessibility has become a real issue. Uh, some of those parts aren't available, um, we'll say out of stock, um, to, you know, the shortages, there are is a part, but, you know, it's several states away, and so those, those things are real. Uh, and, and I want to emphasize that uh, while we're talking a lot about combines and even tractors and grain carts that are operating out there, in particular combines, uh, it's really influenced people's behavior at the farm uh, today. And I would tell you that even custom operators or a farmer that farms and does some custom operation, I mean, the, the focus is uh, anyone I talk to in that situation where I've got my own land or my own crops that get harvested and doing some custom 100% feedback, regardless of the state I've talked to, uh, uh, that includes Iowa, South Dakota folks, uh, they're going to get their stuff harvested first before they think about doing anything else because they are just totally uh, concerned about 
uh, a combine or a harvester going down and not being having parts available to get keep that you know get that machine back running. I think the other concern is it's not just parts. You know, if you have something go down and there's a delay in getting it repaired, there's a real shortage of machines to be able to get a loaner machine at this point. Yeah, I, I would suspect in a, in our lifetime, uh, all three of us sitting here. When when's the last time? You know, you went by uh, not only an equipment dealership, but, you know, think about car dealerships today. I mean, you go, you know, you pass by them and, and there's very few, you know, pieces of equipment. Uh, and that goes down to even mowers and, and smaller equipment, not just, you know, large equipment like, like we were talking about, combines. But it's pretty sparse in terms of availability. Uh, you know, there is some used stuff out there, but it, again, um, you know, what kind of shape is it in? Uh, you know, if I, but, uh, equipment's limited, you know, we talk about trucks and, and vehicles being limited today. And, um, and then we, we add in those parts thing. It, it can be, you know, a very much of a challenge for someone that, that may have a machine that's having some issues and they're kind of limping along or they're down. It's, you know, what do I do? What do I, well, how do I handle this situation? You know, because I, I'm a, you know, the viewpoint that we're going to have a bumper crop here in the United States, no doubt about it. And, and we may break a record here in Ohio as it relates to corn. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. And, and our bean crop's pretty good too. Uh, in fact, they're projecting at least that in the U.S. we may have a bumper, you know, bean crop. Uh, so we got a lot of crop out there. But so, you know, how are we going to get this harvested and keep those machines running with all this issue that's kind of come to the forefront here? So take us through where the breakdown in the supply chain is occurring. I think it's multiple points, but can you share with us what you're seeing? Yeah, so I'd see there's a convergence of, of, of several things going on. And, and, you know, some of a lot of this potentially could be related to the pandemic. Uh, but, you know, we are here in the, you know, the fall of uh, fall here of 2021. So, uh, number one, from a supply chain issue, you know, without a doubt, getting getting parts and sourcing parts, you know, from other countries and getting those into the, you know, through typically uh, cargo ships, that um, there's a backlog of getting getting stuff here, getting it unloaded, and ultimately transported across the country. And and, and embedded in all that is is as well is 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 the shortage of labor, and so transportation is high. Uh, because of some of that we got, and that's related in my opinion to two things. We got fuel prices are, are gotten very high, number one, but secondly, we got uh, limited, um, folks to, you know, drive trucks and be part of the, the, the that transportation chain. And that's really caused, uh, a backlog in itself, itself. So, you know, uh, if you got, if you use Amazon, for example, you know, um, there's things that we used to be able to get overnight, but now, it, it might take a week uh, to get at least in that we've had, that's been my personal experience. And a lot of that deals with transportation issues that we just don't have enough people to uh, work in that, that. And then, so we got that, we got, we got trying to get, get, you know, parts and that includes these chips and anything made from semiconductors into the country to um, from these other, that are being, you know, imported as an issue Inside the country, we got labor shortages, and so it's not only in the transportation. Uh, recently, everyone probably saw and heard about, you know, we got uh, 
John Deere workers uh, going on strike. Uh, we've got, we see plants idling. I mean, CNH just recently announced, at least in Europe, you know, they're putting plants on idle because of supply chain concerns and, and stuff. And uh, so we got all this stuff happening. And so just making parts, making uh, equipment, we've got a lot of equipment that's built, to be honest with you. It's kind of like the automobile industry. You got people have probably read there's a lot of trucks that were built this year. But unfortunately, those trucks were all waiting on chips. And now we're already into the 2022, thinking about the 2023 builds. And so we're past that. And so um, my point in all that is, is there's combines that I know about that have been built from these manufacturers waiting on two or three different parts to be put on them for them to be brought into and be sold into the, our normal supply chain. And so there's a lot of things going on in terms of supplies. That goes to parts, that goes to new parts that are being, you know, uh, uh, used in tractors and combines. And it's really become a, coming a, a concern. And, you know, I'll end on this as a point. All the John Deere planters, for example, that were shipped this year, it was, you know, you, again, this was out in uh, the press, were shipped. They were built. But the one thing they weren't shipped with was displays. And so that was this year. Okay, so thinking about, you know, the next build and ultimately in the 2023, what does that mean when we have all these supply? Because we're getting beyond the chips, we're getting down to rubber based products and other things, uh, availability of those. So we got some mechanical pieces as well that um, are starting to limit our build on some of this on some of this equipment. How far reaching do you think this problem is going to end up being? Because when you look at, you know, you talk about machines that are sitting that can't be completed due to parts, but already starting to build, you know, newer model machines, you know, when those chips or parts come in, are they going to prioritize those new machines? What happens to the 2021 <laughs> built <laughs> combines that, I mean, I saw a video on Twitter of, it seemed like maybe a hundred just sitting there unable to be used that's the question i mean ultimately the the companies are going to have to make decision on prioritizing you know without a doubt here currently they're trying to build what they can with what they've got access to and for us some of us we know technology is an important ingredient to operation of that equipment and how we run our you know operation we think about all the precision ag those are real concerns i mean uh, having a display for a planner and, and operating it becomes a concern it's pretty far reaching and i you know there's two components to that elizabeth number one time i mean i don't see this kind of getting back to business as normal coming very quickly i mean no doubt about it if you read the press whether it's farm press or just looking at common you know, purchases that were out there, like I was mentioning on Amazon, those are definitely, it's projected into 2022 and, and definitely going to affect 2023. I mean, I don't know where we're going to get, you know, when the turnaround is going to be that we get, you know, our transportation, we get our supply chains back up and, you know, we'll say at a, a significant level to help resolve the issues. Uh, but this is going to persist for a couple of years. So that's that time element. What do we do with what's already been built and sitting there? Uh, it seems like the car manufacturers are going to move on and think about their future builds and probably take parts off of the past and, and, and maybe crush the other ones. We've already seen that in some cases, Ford being an example, that they basically crushed uh, removed engines and I think transmissions and tires off of some things and got basically you know, a push for 2021 builds and thinking about 2022 now. So 
Uh, there's two things that what how long does this kind of persist and how does it input impact us over time but then what do we do to your point we got these machines sitting there and about ready to go into the to be sold you would hope hopefully here sometime that you know that that'll get resolved and i guess you'd sell them as as a little older order you know no hours but older machines uh, but we'll see that's going to be based on on um on that manufacturer what i will tell you is no doubt about it majority of the manufacturers whether large equipment manufacturers or short line equipments have cut back on their on their lines and the hours and what they're doing because of the shortage yeah that's insane to think about just hard to imagine wow and you talked about uh no displays which i think leads us into the next point of discussion we want to have and i Talking with you previously, we've mentioned taking off GPS receivers at night because those are in short supply. So what are some other things that farmers should be doing to reduce risk of breakdown or even loss of equipment, uh, securing the equipment that you do have? Without a doubt, I would treat on equipment, your GPS receivers and displays as almost gold. I would try and keep them secure. If, if you're not operating for a few days, you know, whether you get your machine back in the shop and lock it up to if it's going to sit out and, and be somewhat in a place, uh, take it off. I've heard about receivers being stolen in some cases because they are a hot commodity. You cannot buy in a lot of cases from these OEMs receivers today, for example. And like I said, some of the displays are in short supply. And so take take care of that. If, you, if that's an important component uh, for that, your operation, you know, if I'm using guidance, if I'm using yield map yield, and potentially I'm I'm moving that from my harvester to the tractor for planting, I need to keep those uh, secure. I think about that not only currently, but when harvest is over, I'd encourage you to take those off and put those in in a secure location, whether that's in the shop office back at home. Uh, but keep them in good working order. Keep them out of potentially mice and other things getting involved into them. Potentially treat this these displays and this technology, the components of it, as as gold. They are a hot commodity. And if you don't believe me, go out on on things like Ag Talk or other places and and try and buy some. And if it's available, check the price on it. It's pretty expensive right now. If you can get it, even uh, some other things. You know, I think about harvesting. Number one, um, your maintenance schedule is critical. I want to keep that machine in good operating conditions. I want to inspect that machine probably uh, uh, daily, okay, if I'm thinking about the combine. My, my recommendations is um, when you finish the day, get out, and the first thing you should do is, is clean that machine off. And uh, whether it's a gas-powered or electric-powered you know, leaf blower, get you one of those and, and clean the header off, clean the feeder house off, get up in the engine compartment, clean all that stuff out of there. Uh, that's hopefully going to reduce the potential of any kind of fire or issues like that. Uh, secondly, what that does is, at least in how I look at it, I come back in the morning normally and refuel and kind of do my maintenance before we get started. That machine is clean. I can walk around that machine. I can expect that machine for, uh, any kind of leaks, in particular oil, I can expect uh, inspect my PTO shafts and and uh, all my grease points and bearings. 
I can do a lot better job of inspecting those when I got a clean machine. If I clean it off in the morning, you know, it's just going to be dustier. That's one more thing I got to do in the morning. But I like cleaning that machine off as soon as we get done at night. I don't, it doesn't matter. And, you know, if you're running corn, it's 11 o'clock, clean it off real good. Use a leaf blower. And that way, when you come back in the morning and kind of refuel and, and maintenance the machine, but inspecting and keeping up with your maintenance schedule and really keeping eyes on those points that of a concern is a big thing. The other thing I, you know, we need to note is because this porch uh, part shortage, uh, number one, either get parts ordered and have them ready to go, have them on your service truck and ready to go. Uh, if you're getting low, I would order them now. Uh, that could be anything from, you know, things along the sickle bar to, you know, bearings to, to things like that, that, that are related to either to the header or to the machine itself. Uh, but also think about high wear points like augers and, and don't be surprised that, you know, an unload, unloading auger, you can't find it out there. And so what are you going to do? I'm going to have to basically rebuild or, and, 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 and deal with, you know, a war, or out auger to keep either my machine running or have it ready to, to go for next year as well. So think about augers and, and what I'm going to do to kind of rebuild them because in some cases those are in pretty short supply if, if available at all right now. That's all really good advice, John. Um, but to, to kind of close out here, you mentioned earlier that, you know, we're in harvest. So that's one of our top focuses right now, but this is something you see persisting. So as we look forward to spring and planting seasons, um, what actions should we be taking right now to be ready and avoid problems? Well, I think there's two things there, Elizabeth. Number one, if I'm someone that's, that's trading equipment this winter, uh, whether that's new or trading up uh, or buying new equipment, uh, number one, uh, personally, if I'm a farmer, I would not let my existing equipment and my existing technology leave the farm until I have the replacement there. And that includes both the technology. So we talked about the displays and GPS receivers as, as two examples of that. I would make sure that I've got the GPS, I got a display and I got the machine sitting on my farm. That's a replacement before I let go any of machine uh, to go in, you know, if I, if I'm selling it back or trading it in, whatever it might be, uh, so that, that would be my one recommendation looking forward to the winter is making sure whatever's being replaced, that the complete system and technology is there before I allow my, what I existingly have, leave the farm. Secondly, as we, we look forward, I think there's, there's several things, and I think most everyone knows, it, knows this. Number one, uh, we're sitting here and, and we're still several months out from planning, but I, I would highly recommend if you don't have your planner already taken care of and ready to go for the spring, you need to get started on that pretty, pretty quickly. And if you've got parts that you normally order, that's disc bearings, linkages, whatever that might be that you know that you need to replace, you, you get it, get on that right now. Uh, but I'm telling you, if you're a planner and you don't have your parts in the house right now to go through your planner this winter, if you're doing it yourself, or as long as the, the, whoever, if you, you do that and, and, and pay someone to go through your planner and get it ready, whether it's technology or it's actually parts that you plan to replace on that, those need to be sourced now. Um, my threat is if you wait till January or February and say, oh, shoot, I need to get some new disc blades to replace the, the opening openers, you know, those may not be, be available. 
you know, come, come early next year. In some cases they're, they're pretty limited today. So I think, you know, sitting here today, not only are we trying to get this harvest done, but I think you need to be thinking about the planner and I think you need to be thinking about your inputs and maybe, you know, this is possibly a stretch for some, if I'm going to buy inputs, then, then I maybe want to get them purchased and placed in my shop today. So they're on the farm ready to go. I mean, we're in a shortage of glyphosate. Uh, fungicides are going to be tough to source. I mean, there's these, these, you know, crop protection products are, are limited. And, um, and that's something I need to be thinking about right now. Yeah. And the price of inputs too, sounds like it's just going to continue to increase, which is a whole nother topic that we should probably look into. Um, but it's crazy crazy times and it doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon. Yeah. And I, you know, I, we're, we're sitting here talking about concerns here for this fall and, and thinking about 2022. I, I just want to, you know, emphasize from, from what I, the way I kind of read what's what the situation is, uh, it's not going to get any better through 2023. So, you know, I just want to, you know, kind of think, you know, emphasize to everyone that, you know, we're talking about planning, for example. I got I got to be ready. I got to have my planner ready, but I I don't see this. You know, we're not going to this situation in terms of supply chain and and workers and transportation concerns and all that. Uh, you know, this is going to persist in a 2023. And so, as a farmer, um, you know, I need to be thinking and you know getting through next year, what I'm, what's my decisions, what my, what's my cropping plan given the current conditions, uh, current pricing and, and commodity, you know, commodity pricing is good, but to your point, there's some things that cost quite a bit more. So what am I going to do about nitrogen and, and potash and my phosphorus? Uh, and, but I, I need to also be projecting out what's my plan for 2023, because I don't think this, this is going to be resolved by then. And so thinking about equipment, parts, inputs. I need to be thinking about what my plan already is for 2022, but I think it's very easy. I, I need to be thinking 2023, what am I going to do for that as well? Well, John, this was awesome advice, not something that we necessarily want to hear, but something that we need to hear. Um, so appreciate your time and the um, information you provided. If people want to learn more, reach out to you. What are some resources you have for them? Yeah, yeah. Uh, feel free to reach out to me. My my email is probably the quickest way to get a hold of me, and that's uh, Fulton.20. That's F-U-L-T-O-N.20 at OSU.edu. And uh, be happy to, to connect and, and entertain any questions or concerns that you may have. All right. Thanks, John. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. Join us again in two weeks for our next episode. Hey, podcast listeners. Just a reminder to give us a like or subscribe so you know when we release new episodes. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to leave us a review also. We appreciate the comments.